All right, so we kind of quickly went over baseball trades uh, because in this second half of the episode, we're going to go over the NBA trades that happened in free agency because, boy, were those exciting too. want to dig a little deeper into those as the new season approaches and the old season kind of evaporates in our memory like it always does. Uh, first of all, though, the NBA draft, it's true, right? Like, we just forget yeah. everything that I happened. Even, I don't even know who won last year. Who won? Was it Jamie? Jo- J- Johnny? J- J- Jimmy? Books? The Books? Is it the Deers? The Deers? The, the, right, the Elk? We are, not, we are not nailing this joke. This is not our <laughs> best one. All right, NBA draft, then. Let's go straight to it. The NBA draft took place a lot of exciting picks we'll talk about a couple of them but let's just go over the top five and what they might do for their new teams so starting it off the Detroit Pistons there was some talk that they trade out of this or that they wouldn't take the player that everyone expected them to take they didn't do a dumb thing and they took the best player in this draft Mr. Cade Cunningham guard out of Oklahoma State with the instincts and size to carry an offense he's already tasted some Glory with the uh, U19 US team winning the 2019 FIBA World Championship. He was National Freshman of the Year, first team All American. He's got a seven foot wingspan and he's ranked first in the NCAA in clutch scoring last season. What do you expect for Cade Cunningham coming into Detroit? Well, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's always kind of easy to like be like, oh, top pick, you nailed it. But the Pistons nailed it. And I, I think this is, this is the kind of player that. You can, you can build around and, and can really change the trajectory for your franchise. You know, the Pistons have been struggling for over a decade now. But you think about the, the times where they've had glory uh, under Isaiah Thomas at point guard, Chauncey Billups at point guard, you know, great point guard play. That is what Cade Cunningham will bring to you. He's, he's kind of, I think I've said this before, a, a kind of a Luka Doncic 2.0, but probably a little more athletic. But, you know, he can shoot, he can drive, he can pass, he'll, he'll run your offense. Uh, he, he's a matchup nightmare. And with his size and his skill. So I think it was the perfect pick. And, and if you're a Detroit Pistons fan, I think you have to be absolutely ecstatic because he's, he's the kind of guy that's going to make the other players around him better as well. Okay, so you said Luka Doncic 2.0. Is he going to have the effect on his team that Luka Doncic kid when he came into the league? Oh, that's, that's tougher. I, I think because Luka was playing some pro, you know, he's playing European pro ball, which is, you know, it's, Closer to the NBA than, than college is. I, I think I think it might take Cade a little bit of time, but I but I I believe in Cade. I think he's I think he's going to make the Pistons competitive again and and enjoyable to watch. Good. Well, we certainly hope so because that has not happened in a decade. So it's tough to say if he's going to like you know match Luca because what Luca's been doing, especially so early on, is so like once in a lifetime once in a generation sort of player but I, I think even if he's a bit of a poor man's Luca I, I think he'll I think he'll bring that to to Detroit there you go a poor man's Luca the story of Cade Cunningham not too poor um, though, you know not too a slightly a middle, a, a middle, class, a, middle class man's Luca a middle class man's Luca ah love it I'm re- I'm I'll buy the first copy um, second in the draft, the Houston Rockets. They lost James Harden, and they lost any sense of how to play basketball last season. Um, and so they had the second pick in the draft, and they draft Jalen Green, kind of a first-time uh, situation. He's the first ever player to join um, the G League Ignite and was drafted straight from the G League Ignite. Uh, he was a top high school prospect. Uh, he's a he was a top high school prospect. Uh, for went college for this alternate route. He's got a really sharp basketball IQ, impressive off the dribble shot. 
He's kind of got a lack of a physicality, but I think his instincts kind of make up for that. Uh, in the G League Ignite, he averaged 17.9 points per game. I don't know a lot about Jalen Green. Do you know a lot about Jalen Green? Slash, what can we expect from 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 someone who didn't play college ball? Yeah, I mean he he's he is somewhat similar to James Harden, six um, six, uh, a strong guard, a guy who I think I think Houston had to take him because he really, besides Cade, is really the only guy in this draft that that can create his own shot and can create his own offense. I worry. I, I think Green could be uh, an absolute stud in this league. I worry just because like the Rockets seem to be in such shambles that we've seen before in in every pro sport that sometimes it's less about your ability and more about how the franchise deals with you. And I and I worry they're gonna ask him to do too much in this court, sort of chaos that they kind of have right now in Houston. Um, John Wall is still there, and and, and a guy that would be. Great to learn from. Obviously, they don't play the same position, but just as a, as a guard and as a veteran guard in the league, I, I think John Wall will be someone that he can really learn from. Um, I, I just hope that the Rockets don't. I mean, you kind of have to give them the keys to the kingdom because that's that's why you take a guy like this, and, and there really isn't another option. But but I hope there's there's a there's a right way to do it, and I hope I hope they don't put too much pressure and stuff on him early on because then I, I think he could struggle. Um, but I'm excited to see what he can do. And, and like we said, I, I'm excited to see how him and, and Kuminga and um, uh, Isaiah Todd, how, the, how these G League guys, how they transition. And, and if that – because, if they, I mean, if they make a smoother transition, it's, it's only going to mean worse things for college basketball. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Right. I mean, it'll definitely create a different situation. Um where other players are in college basketball that might not have been there if the players in the G League Ignite were. So be a very interesting uh, transition, and we'll see if they if they make a smoother smoother move. Uh, be definitely be something to watch. Yeah, I mean, Houston, they got Christian Wood, too, who's really good. I, I think that I was surprised they didn't make a lot of movements free agency to try to center that team around him and make sure that he had the players he needed because it did kind of seem like they didn't do a lot. Um, so we'll see what, we'll see what Jalen Green can do. I think, but I, but I actually think that was the right strategy because I think if they try to be like, all right, let's really try and be competitive now, instead of saying, no, let's keep on building through the draft. Let's keep on building a team from, from scratch. Cause they do have, uh, you know, a lot of draft picks with, the, with the hardened trade and everything. Um, so I think that was the right call because then, then I would get worried and then it would be like, oh, Jalen Green and these free agents we signed aren't succeeding. I guess he's a bust instead of being like, all right, no, let's build this thing. Let's build him up from, from scratch. That's fair. So what, how, how long do you think this rebuild in Houston is going to last before we can say they're competitive? I mean, it's, it's t- I, mean, I don't know, but I, but I think it's smarter to do that over the next two or three years, get some more young guys, get some more, because like, they're not going to be competitive next year, even if they got no. a couple good free agents. So like, might as well get your best draft pick. You know, it's not the process in Philly, but like, you never know where your draft picks are going to go to. So, I, but like you know, over the next two or three years, I, I think then you say, "All right, we should start being competitive." Right. That's fair. That's fair. Well, let's go to a player who will have a little more impact uh, from the start, uh, just a slight bit more. Uh, the Cavaliers at number three drafted Evan Mobley, USC center, seven foot with lo- seven foot guy with lots of range, and mobility, lots of mobility for a big guy. Kind of crazy how much mobility he has for a big guy. Um, he led the USC to the Elite Eight, just like Matt said he would from the start. 
Uh, and he anchored one of the top defensive units in college basketball. Yeah, I thought I'd give you a tip of the cap for that. Matt. <laughs> I, I, I felt like you were saying it for the whole time. So you're welcome. Uh, yeah, but he's got great defensive timing. Uh, could he be a little more aggressive, especially with his talent? Sure, but he's a prolific finisher. Uh, and yeah, I think he's going to be great for that Cavaliers team. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought this was the, the the right call for Cleveland. Um, there were some talks. Are they going to get rid of Colin Sexton? But but Sexland survives. Darius Garland and him will, will be back. And, and I think that's the right call. And they signed Jared Allen to a five-year, $100 million contract. So he's obviously going to be their five. They, they uh, clearly want Evan Mobley to play the four, which I think he can. Defensively, he absolutely can. I mean, the guy can guard like any position, even, even as a seven-footer. And if he... I think the question for him is a four. He, he had a nice outside shot US, at USC. I think it does need to get a little better. Um, but if he develops that outside shot more, defensively, Cleveland looks great. And, and with those two young guards and those two young post guys, like the, if I was a Cavs fan, I'd, I'd be really, really excited. I think that was, I think that was the right call. Um, there will be you know, some adjusting of, of him, having him and Jared Allen next to each other. But I think because of Mobley's mobility, um, I, I think it's going to – be a, a great fit together. Yeah. Um, man, Mobley's mobility, sex land. You're just making all the Cleveland jokes today, aren't you? Um, no, but Mobley's Mo- 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 mobility, that just was a blessing. Sex land. I, I can't take credit for that. No, but you will take credit on this podcast. I'm sure. <laughs> no, but I, I, <laughs> if you I, haven't I, heard that before. I thought of it. I thought of it. Sex land is my thing. So oh, funny. It is very funny. And there were some times last season where I, I was very impressed with the Cavs already uh, with those three guys. I mean, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland really go off sometimes. So very excited to see what this Cavs team can do. Only makes the East a little more muddled. Obviously not at the very top, but in the middle. It makes it very more muddled. I think the Cavs could definitely take one of those lower playoff spots. I, I agree. And like with the playoff or play-in game still being a part of it, I, I think if you're a Cleveland fan or part of that organization, I think you have to think, we should, we should at least be in that playing game this year. Right, and that's only a step forward from the future. Uh, at number four, the Raptors draft Scotty Barnes. We talked about Scotty Barnes last seat, uh, last week. You know, what, what can we expect from the highly hyped point forward out of Florida State? Uh, he's very versatile on the defensive end. He's got a huge wingspan as well. Um he was the primary ball handler for the Seminoles, and he's good at like putting pace on the floor and I think pressure on the rim. Uh, he's also very tall, so I think he can like exploit the smaller guards that he's going to come against. Uh, and he's a good creator for his team. He was also in like a very the Florida State defense is very switch heavy, so I think that's going to help him transition into the NBA because uh, they can kind of play him wherever they need to. Um, but yeah, what do you think Scotty Barnes can do in Toronto, especially with the uh, departure of some other Toronto? Uh, players from that team, and the and which we'll, we'll talk about later. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of, to me. This was the first kind of surprise. I, I did think they would go Suggs. Um, I, I thought they were going to move on from Kyle Lowry, um, but decided to go with Scotty Barnes. Like we said, we, we've heard more. He was he was you know one of, of many kind of primary ball handers that Florida State had. Um, but it seems like Toronto and and NBA pro, or NBA uh, scouts and, and and coaches want him to be a point guard, a la Cade Cunningham. You know, a guy that's six eight that provides matchup nightmares. I, I don't think he's got the ball handling or the passing ability that Cade Cunningham does. So I'm, I'm still not convinced it, as him as a point guard. Um, but I do think, like you said, he, he kind of can do so many things. I like, I think no matter what, he's going to be 
a solid player in the NBA. And there's there's been few head coaches better than Nick Nurse at, at developing, you know, players with Van Vliet, his his improvement, Pascal Siakam's improvement, um, OJ Anubi's improvement. Like it, this guy just knows how to push the right buttons with players. So I think he's in a great spot for that. Um, and it does help like Van Vliet is I'd say more of an off guard, but, but Van Vliet can play the point. So it's not going to always fall on Scotty's, um, you know, shoulders to do that. He's going to be able to kind of share that kind of role with him. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see. I'm excited to see what Nick Nurse can do with the guy, because like I said, his, his player development has been, I'd say the best over the last few years in the NBA. And I think Scotty Barnes brings so many tools to the table that, maximizing them and, and, and putting them in the right spot. He could be, he could be a special player. I think, I feel like his floor is about as high as it can be. Like I, I don't see Scotty Barnes not finding a spot in the NBA. I'm just not convinced it, it's point guard yet. Right. And it's also, I mean, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny about the pick because of the guy that they could have gotten instead. And I don't think any of us are expecting Jalen Suggs to not be a, a stud. So you know, I I think that it's gonna be it's gonna be a scrutinized move. I I think that he's gonna have some pressure on him, uh, not not going out of the gate, but definitely a little bit down the line. And yeah, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this move yet. I I, I think he's so versatile on in so many levels that like, yeah, with a coach like Nick Nurse, maybe that's why they took him. Maybe they're like, we can make him whatever we need to make him, and he'll thrive there. So. Perhaps this is what he wants. Where with Jalen Suggs, you're getting one guy, and maybe that's- and they do. I mean, they even do times where they they give the ball to Pascal Siakam and have him run run the the point and run the offense. So like that sort of player doing that in Toronto is is something that they've done and they've done pretty successfully. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's true. Well, the t- player they passed up on was not passed up for a single other pick. The Orlando Magic drafting Jalen Suggs. Obviously, if you watched the NCAA tournament, you know who Jalen Suggs is. Gonzaga star, athletic guard, who showed his clutch abilities. Uh, California fans will not want to see uh, Jalen Suggs anytime soon after what he did to UCLA. Uh, averaged 14 point points per game, as well as 5.3 rebounds, two, about two steals, and 4.5 assists. My point being, very, very uh, uh, player that contributes uh, for a team in a lot of different ways. He's got great energy on the defensive end. He's got a great passing ability. Uh, and he's a great ball screen scorer. So I think there's a lot of things to love about Jalen Suggs. It's funny. There's so much to love about Jalen Suggs' game, but I feel like we talk about his energy more than anything uh, a lot of the time. Uh, so what do you think that's going to do in Orlando? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of an interesting fit to Orlando with, with you know, Markel Fultz kind of really – Finding his his stride there, although he's he's I think I think they would move on from Fultz if if Suggs um, you know is as good as he can can get. Um, and I do think he could fit with Cole Anthony because I, I do think Suggs is more of a combo guard than a true point guard. The thing with Suggs is like his his offense is I'm I'm not sure it, it'll he'll hit the ground running offensively in the NBA. Like I I think there's going to be a bit of, of a struggle there. Uh, but defensively, he, he's so good. He, he's such a great defender that he's always going to provide that. And, and when you've got like that to fall back on, you're, you're, that's a good thing to you know have in your back pocket. So I, I'm not. I, I don't know if I ever see Jalen Suggs even being like an all star. But I think Jalen Suggs is going to be a, a very solid guard in this league for the next like 15 years. And, and could even have like 
a Kyle Lowry sort of career where this first few years he, he is just kind of fighting himself. I mean, like Kyle Lowry was not that impactful of a player the first seven, eight years of his career. Um, and then, you know, found his way, right. found, a, found right. the right yeah, team absolutely. in Toronto and, and became an all-star. Um, so I, I, I see one of those things more. I think it's going to be a slower progression for Suggs, but I think he's, I think he's going to have a long career in, in the NBA. Yeah, well, we'll see. I'm excited about all five of these players, excited to watch some summer ball uh, with the rest of the players that play in the draft. Let's talk about some other picks that that we like. I- I'll start us off. Obviously, Davion Mitchell to the Kings is a great move. Uh, talented Baylor guard who can bring some energy alongside Darian Fox. Obviously, you had Jody Butler out of that team, but Davion Mitchell is, is the more exciting prospect. Um, we talked about him a lot. James Buchnight, guard out of, um, out of UConn to the Charlotte uh, Hornets, kind of interesting, you know, another UConn, UConn exciting prospect going to Charlotte. Uh, can he recreate the magic that Kemba had there for a little bit? Uh, can he push it forward? I think that he's he's kind of he's got a, his potential is kind of all over the place. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll see what James Buchnight can do in the NBA. And then another player that I thought. Was was exciting is one that we've talked about all season, Matthew. Io DeSumo going to Chicago Bulls. I mean, Chicago gets another exciting guard. Now you pair him with Levine and Lonzo uh, and Caruso. I, I think that team is is very young and, and very talented and, and and can do a lot in an East that's starting to shape itself, especially towards the bottom of the playoff bracket. Yeah, I, I think there's I think there's a learning curve for Io that that we'll see. Io is one of those guys that was so impactful with the ball in his hands he, he's not going to be asked to do that in Chicago he's, he's going to have to be more of a role player um, I think he's a talented enough basketball player to figure that out but I think there is a bit of a uh, you know learning curve there um, all my picks are, are all from the second round including the first pick of the second round Isaiah Todd um, another G League guy a guy who was far overlooked because Jalen Green and, and even Jonathan Kaminga were were kind of took the headlines a little bit more and, and he did struggle in the G league. I think the physicality of the G league uh, affected him a bit, but he's kind of that, that prototypical guy that, that NBA scouts love. He, he's six ten. He does have a nice outside shot. And I think he, he's got a chance to, to really have a great pro career. Um, not taken too far after him, Jason Preston. At any time I get a chance to talk about Jason Preston, I, I want to like the guy had to go to a prep school because he didn't get any scholarship offers. He was just going to go to UCF as just a, a normal student and, and goes to prep school, gets scouted in an AAU uh, tournament and, and gets a scholarship to Ohio. Um, he uh. gets, you know, six, four. He, he's a guard that really can do a lot. He's got a nice shot. He's got nice ball handling. Um, and I, I think he's, He's six four, but he plays bigger. Like the way he plays, like you, you would think he's about six seven. And, and I think his game is is just perfect for the NBA. And then um, I'd go Sharif Cooper. I, I couldn't believe he was taken so late. And I think that fit of him being able to go and and back up Trey Young. Uh, you know, he was a guy similar to Trey Young, over twenty points and eight assists a game at Auburn. He only played about twelve games, so we didn't get to see a ton of him. Um, but I think he's, I think he's in a, the perfect spot. And, and I think, again, a guy who just the style of play that, that, that he plays, um, is going to fit in the NBA really, really well. Yeah. We'll talk, I'll talk about Sharif Cooper a little later, but yeah, all exciting picks. Uh, Jason Preston, we get to continue to watch his exciting story. We loved it so much in the NCAA tournament. We'll continue to love it as it goes into the NBA. 
Um, but now, Matthew, it is time to show some Iowa love because the second round was all Hawkeyes. We had both of our boys taken. Joe Wieskamp to the Spurs in the second round. You get it on. So, so good. And uh, Luca Garza gets picked in the second round, goes also to the Detroit Pistons. And I'm just thinking, wait, just imagine Kate Cunningham and Luca Garza being on the same summer league team for a second. Let's go. Pick and roll Let's action. Let's go. Little pick and roll action. You know that's a double duo, but uh, really excited for both of our boys. And I think that, um, you know, I think they've been both carved themselves out a, a decent NBA career if they if they play their cards right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for Reese Camp, like if you if you're an NBA player and you get drafted by the Spurs, like you have to be pumped because it, it's. I know they haven't been the level that that we knew them knew them as for you know 15 years when they were led by Duncan and then. Tony Parker and Kawhi and, and how dominant they were for so long, but it still is one of the most stable franchises in all of sports, let alone the NBA. Um, so I think he's going to a place that has great coaching, that has a great culture that I, is, is going to help him improve his game as much as possible. Um, so I, if, if I was Wies Camp, I'd be absolutely ecstatic about that. And then, yeah, I think, and, I, and I'll just go on to the, our next question because if, if, who won the draft? I, I think, Garza going to the Pistons is is a great spot. I thought the Pistons had a terrific draft. You get Luca Garza, you get Isaiah Livers. Uh, like I said, Kate Cunningham. It, it's easy to say, you know, you win the draft with the top pick, but they they made the right decision, and I think they got a player that is going to help maximize Luca Garza and maximize guys like Isaiah Livers um, to being the best that they can be. End of the day with Luca, you know, the question is always going to be, will he be able to defend? Uh, particularly the pick and roll. Like I, I think he's going to get buckets. Can he figure out a way to to defend? Um, but I think he's in another spot that's good of like, all right, we're bringing in some young guys. We're, we're bringing in a new sort of culture. And I, I think his work ethic and, and the offensive skills he brings are going to be valuable to the Pistons at just the position they are right now in their kind of rebuilding. Right. No, I agree. And man, that uh, we'll go on to that question for sure. Yeah. I, they picked all these great college players like that, that, you know, Kate Cunningham, Isaiah livers for, for Michigan and then Luca Garza, just three. I mean, if those players were on the same college team, that would have been the winning team for sure. Uh, and I think I, so just the entire time that I was thinking, I was like, Oh, so Detroit's just like, which players are the best. We're going to get all of them. All of those guys were picking the best ones. And uh, they did it really well. So they definitely were someone. I, I think the team that I picked who won the draft when we had this question, I, for me, it's not less like won the draft and more like I'm very excited. The Atlanta Hawks, you know, obviously had like a very exciting run this season. And they back it up with picking Jalen Johnson with the number 20. And like you mentioned, 48th pick, Sharif Cooper, the point guard. Are you kidding me? And, and you mentioned the stats earlier. There are two people, two freshmen, my bad, in the last 30 years to average 20 points and eight assists. And the other one is on his team. Try, yeah. Young. Yep. So that is just, uh, just a great little pick there. Two really good players that can add to the Atlanta Hawks team, give some help to Trey Young, um, especially when he's not uh, on his game, which we saw sometimes in conference play. And, uh, yeah, I think the Atlanta Hawks – are, are moving in the right direction after a surprising but successful uh, playoff run. And so I'm excited about what they can do. And the NBA draft was truly exciting, but not as exciting as the NBA free agency because, boy, did we have some moves going on in free agency. 
Let's talk about it. There's some big moves. We had Kyle Lowry. We talked about it. Kyle Lowry joins the Heat three-year deal move from the Raptors. He's got great leadership. You know, we know about his hustle play. He fits right in with the Miami culture. It gives the Heat another player. I mean, he gives the Heat another player who can pick up the slack other than Jimmy Butler. I feel like that is kind of going to be his role. It's not that Bam Adebayo can't score, but Bam Adebayo can't make up the difference when Jimmy Butler can't hit a shot. I think Kyle Lowry can. And I think that's where he's going to be very, very helpful. Uh, And he moves alongside P.J. Tucker. So that team gets very exciting very fast. Not that they weren't. They were a good team, but uh, they didn't really have all the pieces that you thought they did. And now they become like a pretty disappointing year. Uh, the year yeah. you make the NBA Finals. I mean, there was right. there was a lot of talk about, all right, where where did he go now? And uh, like, it, there's no two ways about it. They had a bad year last year. They did. They had a bad year, and uh, looks like that might not happen again. So that's uh, good for Miami fans. Pat Riley. Oh my God, Pat Riley as always. Uh, Russell Westbrook joining AD and LeBron in Los Angeles, the triple double machine and future Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, gives L.A., uh, again, to talk about hustle play, gives L.A. the hustle play that LeBron really can't anymore uh, because of his age and uh, because of how he has to be efficient with his energy. Um, and I think that's crucial for this L.A. team. It felt like he was looking around for someone else to help him with that, and it wasn't anywhere to be found, so that's going to help. Uh, we've talked about this a lot. For me, it's like he has to be more efficient in his shooting. Like, he has to shoot more efficiently if he's going to fit with his L.A. team and I don't quite think that – I agree with you here. I don't think he does fit with this L.A. team. I don't think it's the fit that you can find with Kevin Durant James Harden. And I think that it's going to take a – man. I, I just – you know, it's hard. I, it's hard everywhere that Russell Westbrook goes, right? Where does he fit is kind of the question always. Well, like I, I guess just the way he plays is like – I mean like on the surface level isn't similar to LeBron, but like – their ball usage is they're they're so similar. So I think it's just we like we know Russell Westbrook usually struggles like the first half of the season on a new team. Not because he's bad, because it's not Russell Westbrook, you know, beat him up hour, but because he is a very specific type of player and because he is so ball dominant. So is LeBron. And so I I, I just it's not that I don't think it can work at all. I, I think they can because they're all such talented players. And I think LeBron in his older age will be like, no, you, you take point guard. I'll go back to being, you know, more of a forward and everything. And I think LeBron's a good enough player to, to make that change. But I just think it's a lot of, it's going to be a lot of adjusting. And we always see this with, with talented uh, teams. Like even the, the Nets had to figure that out. How, how are we going to share the ball um, and, and everything like that? Like, I think, the Warriors are probably the one outlier because it was more Durant joining a bunch of guys that had played together. And and also Durant really doesn't need to be – he doesn't always need to have the ball in his hands to be efficient. Um, so I, I just – I'm not sure these pieces fit together. Like if, if I was L.A., I would have much rather tried to get Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal. Now, I mean, that doesn't mean it was possible, but like I, I think those sort of players would have been able to slide in and, and fit – much easier than Russell. Like I, maybe next year that they, they'll be good. I, I mean, I guess I probably shouldn't say I'd be shocked if the Lakers win the title because they still have the talent that they have. But I would be very surprised if, if the Lakers come out of the West just because of how good the West is and how many teams 
in the West are so established. Like the, the, the Jazz are a team that know each other so well and I think have room for improvement. I think the Nuggets, when they get Jamal Murray back, are still going to be deadly. The Suns getting Chris Paul again are, are, are not going anywhere. Um, so I, I, I just – I don't know. I, I, I think it's a, it's a fit that I just don't – it's going to be tough for them to figure it out, and I, I just don't know if one season will be enough time. I think eventually they probably will because, like I said, they're – some of the best talented, some of the best and most talented basketball players in the world, but it's 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 going to be a big adjustment, and, and more so than we've seen in other big threes. Right. I mean, would you have signed Russell Westbrook over Demar Derozan? I think so. I think so. I like Demar Derozan a lot, but I I don't think. Look, we we know why the Raptors traded for Kawhi Leonard over Demar Derozan. Demar Derozan's a really good player. I don't think DeMar DeRozan is a, a, a game changer. I, I think he's here. Here's the really best players. And I think DeMar DeRozan is, is kind of a, a step below, um, particularly in, in the new NBA where his, his, he's more of a slasher and still isn't a great outside shot maker. So I, I think Westbrook's probably, and, and like in game, this move might lead to them winning a lot of titles. I just think it's going to take a lot a lot of adjustment. Like I think the Lakers are going to start the season 20 and 20. I, I, they're going to, they're going to struggle for a while, I think. Yeah. And they signed a lot of interesting players too. Obviously they get Dwight Howard back. Um, who's the other vet that they signed that used to play for the Lakers? Trevor Ariza, which I think is a Trevor great signing. Ariza. I think so too. And uh, obviously this is happening live. Uh, well, live while we're talking about it, but they did just sign Carmelo Anthony to one, a one year deal. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what he can contribute um, to the LA Lakers team. I believe they got Malik Monk as well. Like they're, they're getting lots of, they got Malik Monk. yeah, I think so. I think they, they just Ooh. signed him as well. So they're getting a lot of good outside shot makers and, and it, you know, talent wise, it, it's going to be one of the most talented teams in, in the league. No doubt. I, I just, at least for this first year, I don't see them as, as real NBA title threats, which is insane to say, but I, I just think it's because, You've got probably two of the toughest guys to learn how to play with in LeBron and Russell Westbrook, and now you're That's bringing them, and now you're bringing them together. Like so, it, it's it's going to be a big, big learning curve. Yeah, it's going to be all in LeBron to figure out how that works for sure. So we'll see how his game game management is in terms of that uh, partnership. Man, they just need a time machine to go six backs in the future, six years back in the future, and that team is Team USA. Like that team: Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony. And Anthony Davis. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Yeah, exactly. That team is unbeatable. So that's all they got to do. Just find a time machine. Very, very easy. Um, another player that moved that we should talk about, Lonzo Ball, makes the move to Chicago. And uh, I think that's a great move for him. He joins Zach Levine, all-star Zach Levine, Alex Caruso, who moved over from the Lakers. And you got to remember, Vucevic is there, too, after making the move from the Magic. Um, so I think this team can be dangerous in the East and Lonzo can reinvent himself alongside Zach Levine. Uh, you know, whether this move brings Chicago out of irrelevancy is, it remains to be seen. There are another franchise that struggled almost as much as the Knicks have. So, uh, there's still some work to do, but you know, Chicago having some reason to celebrate, uh, in this free agency. Yeah. I think it's a bad signing. I, most of the time, I think, <laughs> most of the time I think the Bulls signings are bad, but like, Again, you got Zach Levine, who I, who I was never really a big Zach Levine guy. Last year, he completely shut me up. Um, was was incredible last year, and I think proved that he is 
worth the contract that he got because I didn't think that was a great contract. But but he showed me up on that one. But I'm just such a big Kobe White guy, and and I worry bringing in Lonzo Ball is going to hinder kind of his development. And I think he's a guy who who the way he pushes the tempo um, does need to work on his shot. But like I I just this is what the Bulls do. I mean, it reminds me of when they signed Dwayne Wade and, and Rajon Rondo. And like, they, sometimes I think they just want to have signings with, with, you know, big names just to have signings with big names. I, I don't see it really changing that the outlook of their, of their team that much. And I kind of feel the same way about the Kyle Lowry one. I think Kyle Lowry's better than Goran Dragic, but if Tyler Hero doesn't take the next step, if, if, if you know, Duncan Robinson isn't a little more consistent then, then Kyle Lowry being a little bit better in Goran Dragic isn't going to change the Heat's success. That's true. The Bulls are always signing players just to sign them. Like it, Lonzo Ball, Dennis Rodman. I mean, who are they? What? Are, who do they think they are? Whoa. Signing all these. Don't big put Dennis players. Rodman in the same. Dennis Rodman, <laughs> go. <laughs> oh gosh, no. But it, it is an interesting move, and it'll be an interesting uh, partnership. They have Laurie Markkinen too. Still, right? They still have. They still have Laurie Markkinen over in Chicago. So they got some good pieces. Whether they can pay, play together instead of getting each other's way remains. Yeah, I just don't think. Yeah, I just don't think they need another like point guard. Like I, right. I just don't think that was the position that I'd be like, oh, we better commit eighty-five million dollars to this position. Like I, Zach Levine. I know Zach. I know Zach Levine's a shooting guard, but like he's a pretty. He's more of a combo guard. He's a pretty you know ball dominant shooting guard. And and that's still like I said, I'm a I'm a big Kobe White guy. Um, so I just that wasn't the position that I'd be like, oh, this is what we should commit our money to. Right. Yeah. And Chicago, it's not like they've made great moves in the past. So, you know, you got to wonder, you know, what the, what they're going to do with this one. Uh, other moves that happened in the league. Of course, I love the PJ Tucker move to the heat. You know, he's a championship defensive piece that uh, already go into a pretty good defensive team. So that that's a pretty good marriage over there. Um, that's one and- too that like, I feel like it will help the heat, but I think more the impact is that that's going to hurt the bucks. They're, they're going to miss PJ Tucker. They're gonna miss PJ Tucker. If PJ Tucker isn't on Kevin Durant, they lose that series easily. They lose that series easily if he's not yeah. on Kevin Durant. So um, yeah, and and it it begs the question like PJ Tucker's better than Andre Iguodala, but it, it kind of they're just getting a little better Andre Iguodala. You know, Andre Iguodala was already down in Miami. Granted, he's like older and not as energetic, but I don't know how much better it's gonna make them. I agree, it hurts the Bucks more than it helps the Heat. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's a good signing for the Heat. I just mean, like, if you're comparing, like, hurt to hell, like, I think the Bucks are going to miss him more than, like, he's going to, like, I think it's a great signing for the Heat because PJ, I love PJ Tucker. I always have since he was at Texas. But, uh, I like, he, he was a bit, I mean, he was, he was the guy in the Bucks. I was like, yeah, I'm down to, I'm, I'm going to muck this game up and, and make it as physical and, and ugly as possible. And, not a lot of guys are willing to do that role. Even even Andre Iguodala doesn't do that sort of role. Like that's a it's a specific sort of role. Right. Exactly. Uh, Chris Paul staying with the Suns. We mentioned it too. I think that's another great move. It's not a move away, but it is a move to stay. Uh, the only chance that we're going to continue to be competitive in the West for next year, I think, was to keep him in that marriage um, with DeAndre Ayton and with uh, Devin Booker. Not that those two guys can't do it on their own, but I think that that coordination between the three of them is so important to that team's success. So I think that at least for another year, Chris Paul leading that offense will give them a chance to kind of run it back and be competitive uh, to come out of the West. So I'm excited to see them back at it again. And then a little bit of a bias pick, but thank God the Celtics got rid of Tristan Thompson. Like, make room for somebody else, please. For the love of God. 
<laughs> Tristan Thompson is, I mean, one of the most just overly talked about players for how little he actually does on the court. The guy right. has, has never been good. Like he's just an, an athletic big body, which I understand you need and, and can, you know, add a lot of value to your team. But like the way he's discussed and maybe it's just his Kardashian like rumors where he's, you know, constantly cheating on, on Chloe that the reason he gets talked about, but like people talk about him as if he's like, like he's kind of a household NBA name and he's just a very average role player. They talk about him. Like he's the reason the Cavs won with LeBron. It's like, Oh yeah, it was LeBron and Tristan Thompson. Yeah, right. He was a part of that team. He was a big part. He's like, no, he was, uh, he was a role player on that team. He, he did some good was, things for him, but like he, he wasn't the difference maker. He was as big a player as Matthew Dellavedova. And granted, I love me some Matthew Dellavedova, but but we if don't Matthew need to talk Dellavedova about Matthew Dellavedova would constantly be cheating on a Kardashian. I guess we would talk about him all the time. All right, but That's unfortunately, the Matthew, success. <laughs> cheating on a Kardashian. Yikes. Oh, he did it again. Yeah. I, what are you surprised about? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know if that even, that situation's even keeping going, but uh, who cares? Anyway, um, free agency has been exciting. Lots of players coming and going. Which team has shown the best improvement over free agency so far? Or you know, you don't even have to say improvement in terms of adding pieces. You can say which team now that the dust is kind of settling a little bit. You know, with the either the moves they made or didn't make, it seems like a team that's in a good position for you. Yeah, it's. I mean, I because I don't think there's been any like big moves in the same. I mean, like I said, like I, Kyle Lowry and Lonzo aren't, aren't big moves to me. I, I do think Russell, as 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 much as I said that I would be surprised if they would win it all this year, I do think Russell does will eventually, you know, make the Lakers into one of the best teams because I do think they will get it figured out uh, over time. But there really, you know, besides the Russell move, there haven't really been any like changes that I think have have. Change, like change the landscape of the NBA. I think the bigger ones have been the fact that like Chris Paul's come back um, to the Suns. And uh, I, I do think, I mean, I do think the Nets have done a really good job. I, I wish they would have been able to keep Jeff Green, but I think it was, if you had to choose between Jeff Green and Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin took on that PJ Tucker sort of role for the Nets and was like, yeah, I'm down to, to muck things up and, and kind of be the, the muscle of the team. And Patty Mills signing for the Nets, I think is, is going to be a very underrated one. Um, but it's been it's been one of those free agencies that like the big names. I mean, you got Mike Conley staying with with uh, the Jazz, even like Tim Hardaway staying with the Mavs. Like most of those kind of notable names so far. We'll see what Kawhi does, of course. But most of the notable names so far have kind of stayed home. It's going to be a free agency that I don't think we really know the big winners until a third or halfway through the season because it's going to be the small one. It's going to be those, okay, Patty Mills to the Nets, Trevor Ariza to, to the Lakers, those, those role players and how they impact the team they go to, uh, which is always tough to kind of gauge because you're, you're not really sure what role that that'll be, but there's no one that's like totally caught my eye just because it's kind of been business as usual. I mean, I, if you had to pick one, yeah, I guess I would say the Lakers because anytime you get a guy like Russell Westbrook, that's a massive addition. Um, but, but since there haven't really been any massive, even like the Kyle Lowry to the heat one, that one felt like riding on the wall for a long time. Um, so there's nothing been really too shocking, um, to me. I do think, I guess, you know, if I had to say the, the Knicks getting Evan Fournier, I, I think is, is an underrated move because the Knicks were 
so good on defense last year, but could not score a bucket sometimes. Like we're just offensively so inept. And I think Fournier does, you get a guy that can create his own shot and can kind of create his own offense. So I think that's, I think that's a sneaky good signing for them. Doesn't make them a true contender in the East. I don't know. Um, but I think it is a, a, a solid signing for them to improve where they can go. Yeah, I kind of look at how the Bucks succeeded, which was they kept the players that they had in place, you know, in in Giannis and in and in Chris Middleton and in the Lopez and and those players, PJ Tucker. Uh, and then they added a piece or two. They added Drew Holiday in this in this case. And that's what made them successful is they kept their core and they added something just to bolster a little bit. Um, so those were kind of the factors behind my two answers. I actually do like the Miami Heat and what they did. Um, I think they re-signed Jimmy Butler. They re-signed Duncan Robinson. They re-signed Bam Adebayo. They got all of their pl- players in place that, you know, still did help them on their way to the final two years ago. Granted, it didn't work out the way they wanted last year, but they're still good pieces. And they add P.J. Tucker and Kyle Lowry, which make them incrementally better. Doesn't make them a contender, no. But compared to what they were last year, I think they have more of an identity that is going to be consistent and create a culture in Miami that will be hard to beat down on and, and, and will be competitive in the playoffs, if, if not, like, maybe surprise one or two people. Um, and I think the other team that I'm going to say is not that this was a threat, but the fact that the Nets kept those three guys together and just kept the guys around them most consistent and then added Patty Mills. For me, that makes them a winner easily. Like you Bruce, keep Bruce Brown Grant. coming back as well. Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown you keep this year. 100%. You keep Blake Griffin, who I think yeah, did a little more uh, for the team uh, in the playoffs than maybe we saw him do in the regular season. Uh, and you keep those three big guys. You don't try to deal them away after one injury season. You don't try to do something stupid and like change the team. You keep them together and you have them for another season. So I think the Miami Heat and the Nets are the kind of the teams to look at after this and say, okay, they made – Made me, you know, the Heat made two big moves, but they make less moves. They kept a lot of their guys, uh, but I think that's important when you're talking about teams and, and doing a lot of things. You know, like the Chicago Bulls adding all these players in one season, you know, they're not going to be competitive next year because they don't know how to play together. They don't yeah. even know what they can do together. Like, Vuc- how are you going to tell me Vucevic is going to know how to play with Lonzo? Who's going to know how to play with with Laurie Market and is going to know how to play with Zach Levine? They, they're not gonna. There's too much going on. We talk about addition by subtraction a lot, but there, I mean, I think there can also be subtraction by addition. Like muddy in the waters doesn't always work. And and I think you make a good point about the Nets too. Is like this, this still almost feels like a new team because like even this year before Harden joined, it was going to, you know, Durant was coming back. And so Durant and Kyrie were going to figure it out. And then you add James Harden, like, and then the fact, so you've got all these three guys trying to figure out how to play together. Then they only play seven regular season games together so like this i was disappointed when they lost the bucks and i think they would have had a good chance to win it all this year but like this year wasn't the year for the nets now is the time where you're like all right now we're bringing this team together so i think that's a great point right and i also like uh on a little lesser note because i still think they got to add a piece but there's still time I, I like what the celtics are doing too i'm glad they got rid of kemba walker they brought back al horford who knows how to play in that system and you know they're going to focus on Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum and how good those two are rather than trying to make it any kind of big three, which I just don't think it needs to be. I think they have a good core with him and Marcus Smart, and they just need to add a piece to kind of – they need to add a big guy is what they need to do. But it wasn't Tristan Thompson. They tried to, like, put a Band-Aid over a big hole, and they can't do that. And so they have to find a way to get another guy. And he doesn't have to be great, but he has to do what they need. 
And they added Kemba Walker as if they needed scores. They didn't need scores. They added Gordon Hayward as if they needed scores. They didn't need scores. They needed defense. And like, and they didn't get it. And they needed someone who could contest in the paint. And, and, and you know, they still don't have that. But I think getting rid of Kemba was a great move. So I'm happy with the Celtics and where they're at right now. And I just think they need to add somebody. I think, like, if they would have kept Fournier, I don't think it would have been a poor decision. But I also don't think letting him go is a bad, bad decision. It was like, no. it, it almost kind of felt like playing with house money. Where, like, if they would have brought him back, I think he, because I, I think he is a really good, I think he's a really underrated player. And, and we've seen him kill it for France in the Olympics. Um, but I don't think it was like, all right, if we bring him back, that's going to make, like, the big, big difference. I do think, I think it's like, I think Tatum's just got to be a four. You put uh, Brown at, at the, the three or the two. Um, yeah, I mean, when you got those guys, it, there still is so much to be optimistic about um, because they're still two of the you know most talented. And like, I know it's always like, oh, like we've been saying they're up and coming for a while, but like they are still young. It's not like they're not like so the young. Like, yeah. yeah, have they taken that next step? We might have thought they might yet. Not really, but like, I don't think the clock's like ticking on them necessarily. No, I think we're just much more aware that they're going to be a team that eventually finds their own should they stay together and not one that like wins three championships in a row. It's just like the Celtics. When you're on the Celtics and you're like a good player, it's like players on the Lakers too. It's like, you, you, you know, it's like when Lonzo was on the Lakers, they didn't give him any time to breathe before they were like failure, you know? And, yeah. and uh, it's just how it's, it's what comes with the territory, but yeah, I'm definitely excited. We got some good young guys coming up too. I love Peyton Pritchard. I hope he gets a little more playing time um, this year uh, with, with shooting on the outside. He did great when he was given time. So lots of exciting things to talk about in NBA. We will continue to talk about it as moves happen every single day. We'll move more into football next week, but for now we are done with the sports talk and it's time to cool down. Cool down. Oh, yeah. There's that sweet, sweet noise from Matthew. All right. So we're going to talk Only about... Was a this is what I'm, <laughs> we're going to talk about our soap... We're going we're to have something what I call a soapbox moment where either each of us are going to have a little opportunity to talk about something that uh, is on our minds. Uh, I just saw... This is a little not important, but it doesn't have to be important to be in the soapbox moment. It just has to... I'm just on my soapbox. So I can talk about whatever. Um, I just saw the movie before I went to Miami, uh, The Green Knight with Dev Patel. Yeah, I saw that um, movie. Week. Good, good movie. And um, definitely confusing, definitely a lot to analyze. Um, but for me, you know, it was one of those confusing movies that when I was analyzing what happened and reading up about what I missed, I wasn't annoyed. Like, uh, like, oh, that was never, I would never have gotten that. I, I just more wanted to read the poem again or read the poem and watch the movie again, you know, to keep like figuring out more about what this was about and you know what i missed a good epic quest movie i did i missed a good epic quest movie um and i i love me some arthurian legend shit so it was it was really good uh alicia vikander had that crazy monologue halfway through um which was she's great so i i really enjoyed myself in the movie i know that it's been like controversial on the on the on the crowd side of things and really that's because it's boring it's boring yeah Talk to it's me about boring. It. What, what's, what's I, it's boring. It's boring. The pay, I thought it was beautifully shot. I thought the acting was well done. I thought like I thought as far as like the craft of, of making a movie, I thought it was like as good as it gets. But the pace of the movie was boring as all hell. I mean, I, I just thought it was I like the, the the craft of how the film was made was was like amazing. The the, the cinematography I thought was was terrific. I, I 
like the the acting. I thought the production design and costumes and everything. Like as far as the art of making a film goes, it knocked it out of the park. But I I was pretty disappointed with the pacing of it all, especially for something that was supposed to be this big like epic journey. Um, it, it felt very just like a little too slow and a little too deflating for me. Um, but otherwise, I thought it was a good movie. But I but I think. I think it was boring. And like my brother loved it, but he's really familiar with like the poem and everything. And I feel like if you have to be familiar with the poem to enjoy it at like the most, like part of like the maximum enjoyment of it, then you're doing something poor as, as a filmmaker. Right. I guess, hmm, how do I feel about this? I don't think it was boring. I, I think... And, and maybe this is just my taste as a as a person watching movies. I, I was actually excited. You know, I'm excited when I have to move, watch a movie a, a, a couple of times and I can't just understand every single thing that happens off the bat. Um, but I can understand oh, I, I agree. I totally – I mean, I love being able to watch a movie and getting more from it again. But, like, I, I just mean, like, pace-wise of, like, all right, let's, let's get it going, dude. Like, how many times do I just have to watch you on a horse in the middle of a field? I – <laughs> and even my brother Did was like, like yeah the poems the poems pretty short so like then i'm just like well then make the movie like 30 minutes shorter i think most movies don't need to be as long as they are like most movies are like That's 15 fair. to 20 minutes 15 to 20 minutes too long like they could because like the parts where things were happening i enjoyed the hell out of it uh but like there was so much of it just like nothing was happening yeah just like any epic quest how 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 much is something <laughs> actually happening and how many times are they riding on the horse oh boy all right yeah well as a filmmaker you get to cut out the boring stuff so all right well i'm getting off my soapbox because you're so so obviously mad about this and you can step on for a second i'm i'm not i'm not mad i'm not mad at all like i said it's a brilliantly made movie it just the pace of it could have been better i like the pacing of it was just the story itself was fine but you know the pace of it was slow Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have much of a soapbox. I, I do want to send um, my, my love and, and my, my well wishes to a good friend of mine, David Lyle and, and his family. Um, earlier this week, his father, Tom, passed away from esophageal cancer, um, came on quick and, and unfortunately um, took, took Tom from us. Um, Tom was a guy who, who even in their obituary they said, uh, those that didn't know him well, Tom may have appeared to have a rough exterior, which was 100% true. I, Dave was, was my best friend for, for a, a long time. And, and every time I'd go over there, Tom would kind of have that rough exterior. But once you start talking to him, he was really nice. And mostly I bring up the rough exterior uh, because one of, I think probably my, my favorite memory of Tom was when we were seniors and it was the uh, soccer state final. And we were going up against Valley. And ended up kicking their ass. I think it was like 4-0, maybe 4-1. And at the end of the, the match, uh, Tom, who was a big photographer, Tom was on the sideline taking pictures. And he had the biggest smile on that I've, I've ever seen. And he couldn't leave his face just because he was so happy and so proud of Dave and, and the whole team. Um, and it was one of those one of those moments and one of those memories that you, you just never forget. And so um, – Rest in peace, Tom, and, and to the Lyles, uh, we send you all our love. Definitely. Well, that's a very nice sentiment. and Definitely send our love and well wishes to the, the Lyle family. Um, yeah. Well, then let's move on to quickfire questions, shall we? Because it's all, it's all basketball. 
except for one question. I don't know why I said that. It's not all it's basketball. All, it's all about the Green Knight. It's all about the Green Knight. What did the Giants mean? I don't know. <laughs> what was the point of that? That I still don't know. No one knows, I think. They They're not in know. the poem. There's there's no poem. They're not in the poem, the Giants. Ooh, so. Fox, I mean, I can't wait to get a pet fox. Pet fox. That's cool. One that's like, turn back. Like, this is why I don't like critiquing movies, though, because then when you start critiquing movies, you're like, oh, so you hate that movie. And I'm like, no, I don't hate that movie. I just didn't think it was perfect. Right. But you I, always stay. Love, I always will love Dev Patel. Also. Oh, like, good. Dev Patel, Alicia Vikander. And, and uh, since the Slumdog Days, Slumdog Millionaire will forever be one of my favorite movies. It's just, uh, it just hits my heart. I've never seen Slumdog Millionaire, actually. What? I've never seen Slumdog Millionaire. All right. Before we record again, you have to go watch Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> okay. Next next week, I'll give you my thoughts on Slumdog Millionaire. That's what we'll you do. You can't say anything bad about that movie or else I will kill you. Okay. See, so what? So it's – this is a – this is not – No, that movie's perfect. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be the judge of that. As Some movies fun. are perfect. Some Slumdog movies Millionaire. are – Slumdog Millionaire, uh, The Godfather, Finding Nemo. Inception. That's that's about it. The Karate Kid. Love the Karate Kid. <laughs> Listen, don't now hit on the Karate Kid at the end of the I episode. I don't have the time. I did. Don't have the time. I just wouldn't put it in my perfect movies. But it's, no, it's a great film. It's All right, get on the hot seat. And shut the hell up. We're going oh, there. We're going there. Okay, <laughs> the USA hosts the World Cup in 2026. How far will they go? In their host World Cup, semifinals. Semifinals. Yep, they gotta do yeah. it. I'm gonna make a bold claim. In five years, in less than yep. five years. Oof. Yep, that's five years is, is kind of a long time in soccer. Like Pulisic should be at his best. All the young guys in Europe should be at their absolute best. They're gonna be playing at home, which when you when you have the home country behind you, you, you do very very well. I mean, like twenty. I guess Russia didn't go to the semifinals, but Russia made it to the quarterfinals, even though they shouldn't have. Brazil, even though they got smacked by you guys, still made it to the semis. It's like South Korea back in 2002. Like host nations shocked the shocked the world. So, uh, uh, yep, semifinals. I'm saying it. All right, there you go. Semifinals. We're find this recording when they do it, and I'm gonna. There you go. Forever. Gloat forever, and that's when we finally have our big break. Is when Matt's Matt's. Uh, in five years when Matt's prediction comes true. All right, so USA going to the semifinals. Very excited to see that happen. All right, the Chicago Bulls. This is I'm going to throw a curveball here. The Chicago Bulls just signed DeMar DeRozan uh, live just now. So um, with the signing of DeMar DeRozan and the other signings we've talked about this, uh, this episode, will the Chicago Bulls make the playoffs? Not the play-in tournament. Let me let me yeah, be clear. I think they, they make the playoffs. I, yeah, no top eight. Yeah, I think they make the playoffs. I see. Like I was just ripping them on the Lonzo Ball uh, signing. I actually think the Demar one's a, a good signing for the Bulls. I think he fits well with those kind of guards and the in the post players that they have. I think his slashing ability is is good for for what that team has. So I like the, I actually like the DeRozan signing for him. And yeah, I Great. think they'll make the playoffs. There you go, Chicago. You're going back to the playoffs. Congratulations. Uh, and finally, which is more likely to make the NBA Finals in the next season, the Milwaukee Bucks or the Los Angeles Lakers? Oh, man. I, I mean, we had this question last time, and we were, we were going with the Suns because the Bucks have to play the Nets. 
And now, because the Lakers, but I don't think the Lakers are going to be as good as the Suns, so I'll go Bucks because I just think the Lakers. I think it's just going to be such a learning curve that that I think this team it's going to take them a while through the the, the regular season. Where then, kind of what happened this year, where like I I think the Lakers could have made the Western Conference Finals this year, but they went up against the Suns in the first round. They went up against a team that was just too good. So I think their struggles through the regular season will make their playoff route very, very difficult in, in such a, a deep conference. So I'll go Bucks. Okay, there you go, Bucks. Okay, you can step off the hot seat. That was a that was a hard one I threw at you there at the end. Ooh, so it's a good one. That's that a good one. Well, okay, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been another great episode. Our first week back, you got two episodes. You are welcome for that. Um, but until we see you next week, please stay safe. Get vaccinated if you aren't. At least in New York, they're starting to require it. So just do yeah, it. Just do just, it. Like, just do it. I mean, say, you're, you're, you're the one that's going to suffer. Both yeah. Medically and just like living wise. Right. No one's asking for you to be on the front line saying it's a good thing. Just get it and don't tell anyone. I'm okay yeah. with that. I don't have to tell me. It's <laughs> really easy to get. I don't know. If you're afraid of shots, get over it. I have to take a million shots a day. There Maybe. you go. Yeah, the diabetic says, screw you. <laughs> um, no, but until then, stay safe and, and, and have a good time. Enjoy the end of summer. I know I'm trying to. And as always, cheers, y'all.